0: This is Brand and New, from the International Trademark Association. This podcast series explores changes and dynamics in the legal world, now and tomorrow, with a focus on intellectual property.
1: I am Audrey Dove. Welcome to Brand and New. The World Economic Forum recently reported on the progress towards gender equality around the world and what can be done to close the gap in the future. The 2020 Global Gender Gap Report shows that gender parity will not be attained for 99.5 years. And in the intellectual property industry, even though men and women are equally creative and innovative, it's not a secret to say that it's predominantly male-dominated. Our guest today will help us to understand women's position when it comes to IP, both as an industry and as a practice. Christina Carvalho is the managing partner of r fox a law firm with approximately 450 lawyers and professionals with offices in Washington, D.C., New York, Boston, Los Angeles and San Francisco. Named several times as one of the most powerful women in Washington, she joined the firm in 1997 and in 2016, she was appointed managing partner at the firm-wide level. Christina, thank you very much for uh, accepting our invitation.
2: Thank you, Audrey. I'm happy to be here.
1: So, Christina, why is it important for you to talk about women's empowerment in intellectual property?
2: Audrey, as a female minority IP attorney and a firmwide managing partner at Aaron Fox, (laughs) a big law firm in the United States, this is obviously an issue that's very important to me. Just put simply, it is important because uh, when we combine diversity of gender, background, experience, and perspective, uh, we are sure to achieve and produce much better work product. In the United States right now, only about 35% of IP attorneys in our industry are women and uh, only 23% are partners. Here at Aaron Fox, we're doing better than the industry average. We are about 39% of our P partners are women, but there is still lots of work to be done. The truth is that we all do much better in trademarks than in patents. I think that the women have uh, achieved more positions of leadership uh, when we are talking about trademarks, um, and I still think there is a long ways to go when we are focusing on patents and the technology world. IP law is one of the fastest growing practice areas in our industry, and I think it's up to us leaders in the profession to really establish policies to ensure that attorneys in the IP world uh, better reflect the demographics of their clients.
1: Mm-hmm. And from more entrepreneurial training and support to women working in particular in the tech industry to development of learning programs focused on how to build relevant networks with decision makers and investors, but also encourage women to take leadership roles and understand the process of commercializing a creation or invention. You just mentioned patents. How to make actual progress and change the system for you?
2: I am going to answer from the perspective of the legal world, because that's where I am. And from the law firm's perspective, I think that many firms have the right programs to develop and retain talent. But I also think that management needs to be very hands-on to ensure that participation of diverse talent in those programs actually happens. Firm leadership can control many things, but not everything. I think that there are other external forces at play into the composition and makeup of the IP uh, lawyers at law firms. But I think that there are three very important things that firm leadership can provide, and I think that they are in our control. And these are opportunity, mentorship, and visibility. So let me explain a little bit. Women. And minorities in law firms should be given the exact same opportunities for training, developing businesses, staffing significant matters for large clients of the firm, and uh, taking over business from retiring partners. These are opportunities that can definitely move women's career forward and up the ladder. I also think that women should be mentored by ray makers at law firms and have the support and marketing resources to build their own personal brands inside and outside the firm. I always tell younger lawyers here at the firm that internal networking and brand building and visibility inside the firm is as important as outside the firm. We know that at some firms, the most important leadership positions, such as roles in uh, executive committees, compensation committees, are elected positions. So while leadership can't control everything, there are certain things we can do. And uh, for example, I think management should engage women in initiatives and committees that have high visibility within the firm so that they become top of mind for elected positions of leadership.
1: May I ask you maybe for more uh, details about how to build your own brand? Build your own
2: brand uh, internally and externally. is finding the qualities and expertise that differentiate you from others. And then find ways and uh, opportunities to showcase those qualities and expertise. And uh, if you are at a firm that really provides tools and resources for you to do that, you will have the assistance or help of your marketing department, of your managing partner to throw opportunities your way to either do some speaking engagements or write some articles or even like push out new letters where you, uh, your qualities and expertise get featured uh, or you are going to be plugged into to lead certain committees where you can really showcase those qualities and expertise and then really become more visible. That's how brands are built, right? I mean, the visibility is part of it. Uh, people will start thinking of you for different opportunities in the future. And that's how really you, you develop professionally. Mm-hmm. That's not something we learn in law schools. Oh, we don't at all. I think law schools have not caught up to the, how the legal world operates today. And uh, it's much more like a business I think that once law schools catch up, they will add to the curriculum uh, marketing classes, Mm -hmm. you know, branding classes, Mm -hmm. uh, sales classes, management skills classes. You know, you look at
1: curriculum of law schools today, you don't see those classes listed. And for you, apart from education, we just mentioned law schools, what are the main obstacles that have to be overcome?
2: I think women uh, enter in uh, equal numbers uh, in the legal workforce as men do. I think the, the the major obstacle is retention. At some point, women just drop out, just like a funnel, a pyramid. So classes uh, of younger attorneys are generally very well balanced, especially at law firms, I can tell you, like from the law firm world. For instance, whenever we get like first year associates, it's generally 50-50, 50 men, 50 women, and they, mm-hmm. they go up the ranks. They make partner actually, and we have a very good track record of, of partnership class being sometimes even more women than men. Like this, our last class was, uh, was really, uh, the, the promotion from associate to partner was a hundred percent women. It's law firms do very well all the way up to a certain point, but we all know that at law firms, for women to get to leadership positions, they generally need to develop their own business, their own book of business, and that's how they climb up the ranks and become owners of the business, like equity partners, for instance. And at that point, that that's where we we don't see many women, and women tend to give up or to drop off (laughs) and decide to do something else that's the major obstacle. And uh, I think it's just like, how do we get women to the highest ranks of the legal world, either as general counsel at uh, major corporations or high positions in the government or at the top leadership positions, a law firm. And I think that uh, we haven't been able to crack that code yet. We are trying. And the leaders are scratching our heads. So how do we go about doing <laughs> that? But I mean, I don't think we, we have the answers yet.
1: And do you feel that the, the environment offers more opportunities to thrive in their careers? You, you mentioned programs. You mentioned wh- what should be done. But in practice, do you start seeing a change? I am starting to see a change,
2: but it's still at the same time a work <laughs> in progress. And uh, I think it can be much better. The emphasis, when we're talking about programs, the emphasis should be on creating an inclusive environment that, as I said, that provides opportunities to talented women, female lawyers, and uh, really create programs and best practices to ensure that we retain that talented and and the diverse talent. Here, just to give you examples, you know, we have several programs. We've created, like, for instance, an associate development committee. Uh, And the goal of that committee is really to create opportunities for training and for career mentoring and business development training. So by doing that, we make sure that women and minorities are part of this and they get the same focus and support as the male associates. We have business development programs that are geared towards young partners and senior associates. And when we choose the group that is going to attend those programs, we make sure that the class is balanced, that at mm-hmm. least 50% of the class, if not more, you know, includes uh, our female attorneys. Uh, in addition to that, we also have another program called AF Fellows. And that's an initiative designed to help our senior associates or or new partners to really develop uh, effective leadership skills and forge lasting relationships across the firm. And again, for that, we choose, there is an application process here internally, and Mm -hmm. then uh, there is a committee that chooses the class, and we make sure we choose a diverse class where, you know, women you know, or at least 50% uh, of the group. That also is a program that is uh, designed to really start, to really train uh, those folks in, in the leadership skills and what it takes to really get up the ranks and to to, uh, to leadership positions at, at the law
1: firm. Do you feel at the end of the day that you will have reached your goal when you won't need any more these programs, these initiatives? Uh, because you will have reached this parity, this balance uh, between men and women in the firm.
2: I think it's going to take several years
1: until we get
2: to a situation or a world in which firms will no longer need programs like that. I don't think it will happen in my tenure, quite frankly, (laughs) but I think it will be a very tall order if I was thinking that I needed to get the firm to a place where we wouldn't need any more of these programs, because I do think that it's a long road ahead. However, I do intend to make a big dent. You know what I'm saying? A, A big change in the firm and ready to make progress. You know, in, in my several years, um, As a partner, I have seen progress already. And I have actually seen progress in the past five years. Ever since I became managing partner, I have seen some progress. Mm
0: -hmm. So that's good. INTA is a global association representing more than 30,000 brand owners and professionals dedicated to supporting trademarks and related intellectual property to foster consumer trust, economic growth, and innovation.
1: Christina, you've been selected several times by the Washingtonian magazine as one of the most powerful women in Washington. What does this mean to you with uh, your experience and what you have built
2: along the the years? Look, it's an honor to be recognized, of course. And uh, I'm uh, I'm fortunate to be at a firm that sees the benefits of uh, my being a diverse female Lawyer and uh, this is a firm that has supported me throughout my career. I have uh, an interesting and unique background. I'm a managing partner of top 200 law firm in the United States, but I'm not from here. So it's not every day that you see firm giving this type of opportunity to somebody with a background like mine. And I feel very honored whenever my efforts are acknowledged and, and recognized like the Washingtonia magazine did a couple of times. So.
1: We mentioned earlier uh, women-only uh, networking events, uh, mentoring programs. A lot of big companies and law firms have developed projects to show they want women to feel empowered. What do these initiatives can reasonably aim for and what are their intrinsic limits or challenges, if any? And to go back to your background, Christina, you are licensed both in the U.S. and in Brazil. And how do you think having these two hats makes you a better lawyer for your clients by giving you probably a more multicultural perspective on these issues? So I, I think there's not one single
2: way to achieve success. I think that I've given you examples of programs that I think are making positive impact here at, at my firm and that I am aware have made positive impacts uh, at at other places too. But uh, again, I mean, there are other ways that uh, firms or corporations or, you know, businesses can do to try to change the face, let's say, of the IP uh, legal industry and to be more gender balanced. But I'm still a big believer at the three words I gave you earlier in the interview, like of opportunity, mentorship, and visibility. We can create programs and support uh, mechanisms that give women the best possible chance to to succeed. You asked about my background and uh, the fact that I'm licensed in two jurisdictions. I do think that my background has allowed me to build a practice. Uh, that helps clients navigate different legal systems and cultures, uh, so they can take advantage of opportunities in uh, various markets and the, the world being more global today than ever. I think I've been able to add value by having, uh, this multicultural background and these different perspectives. I think that having more exposure to different cultures and different ways of doing things has also helped me be a a better manager or a more Mm -hmm. effective manager.
1: Given everything that you know today and everything you have built and you have consolidated and the programs you mentioned about the support provided to woman to young lawyers if you had to look at lawyer christina years ago what would you tell her what advice i would give her (laughs) i think knowing what i know
2: today i would have told the younger lawyer to try to gain some experience in other business areas in addition Mm -hmm. to the law Uh, we talked earlier how the practice of law has changed Right. That it's more business oriented than ever that clients, be those clients, in-house clients or, or mm-hmm. clients of, uh, of law firms, uh, they are looking more and more to lawyers, uh, as their business and legal advisors. That's conciliar type. Right. So you, you need to have mm-hmm. some business acumen. Uh, so that when you provide legal advice, it's not just a advice in the vacuum, but it's advice that is business centered. As I said, I think that certain skills today are more useful in the legal world than ever. The business-related uh, skills, uh, marketing skills, uh, sales skills. For a young lawyer, I mean, to to have those experiences before they really focus in developing solely their legal career are, are very useful. So I would have liked, if I could turn back the time I would have liked to have worked or had some type of other experience could have been volunteer or, or anything in the business world I think that, that would have been helpful
1: Now I have a few rapid fire questions for you Christina May I ask you if you could name a word that would summarize the last decade and the one you would expect for the decade that is just beginning So for last decade I would say change some good
2: Others, not so good, but uh, definitely change and uh, some of it that moved the world forward in a big way. And uh, looking ahead, I think the world I would choose is possibility. That's a word I don't have to explain. (laughs) Who are your role models, if any? I know it will sound cliche, but it's really my mother. She's my biggest role model. I think she, she was outstanding in, in giving me, pushing me to, uh, to really fly as high as I could.
1: What advice would you give today to younger generations of women who aim for leadership positions in the legal industry or even beyond? I would say, put yourself out there and uh, make others <laughs> know that
2: you want to take on more leadership roles sometimes we tend to assume (laughs) that people would know that of Mm -hmm. course you would like to take a leadership position or a position of more visibility or take on more work that will lead you to another position of visibility but it's you shouldn't assume you should actually reach out and say it and i think that by doing that you will actually be top of mind for uh opportunities The last book you read? I just finished reading a memoir called All You Can Ever Know. It's by a young writer, uh, Nicole Chung. The memoir uh, talks about her adoption and life as an Asian American child in the United States in a mostly white family and world. So quite interesting dynamic there. Thank you very much, Christina. Thank you, Audrey. It's been a pleasure talking to you.
1: My guest today was Christina Carvalho, the managing partner of the law firm Aaron Fox.
0: Thank you for listening to Brand & New, brought to you by the International Trademark Association. Be sure to tune in every two weeks on Tuesday for new episodes. If you like today's podcast, please subscribe and share it. We are always looking for new people to discover brand and new. And to learn more about INTA, its resources and events, please visit www.inta.org.